0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first
1: three orders while supplies last.
0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Well, there you go, everybody. Could Merrill Reese be more delighted with the entire thing? <laughs> it is a uh, beautiful Saturday, mor- Saturday morning excuse me, in the Delaware Valley. With Ray Dinger, I'm Glenn Macnow, Delaware uh, uh, Racetrack and Casino, Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino. Uh, and uh, today we will pick apart the bones of an Eagles preseason game against the Bills we will look forward to the uh, eclipse. I will, Ray, I have a What We're Watching today, a very uh, popular TV show right now. Uh, maybe throw in a couple of dreadful Phillies notes, but mostly football. And, Ray, let me just preface this with all by saying or asking you this question, Ray Dinger, noted playwright, auteur, <laughs> man about town. What's the word you once used on me? Boulevard Deer? Boulevard
2: Deer. I've never been described as that, nor do I ever expect to be.
1: Nor does anybody know what it means. But <laughs> is there, Ray Dinger, a product in, on the American sports scene that is worse than NFL preseason football? Yes. There is? Sure. What?
2: NBA preseason. I, you know and I, NHL, NHL preseason.
1: I, I probably disagree. Um, I probably disagree. Oh, come
2: on. You, have you seen some of those flyers preseason games?
1: Yeah, they're just fights. So you just, <laughs> if you like fights, that's all it is—they're fights. But here's okay, fine. If you want to, if you want to say that, okay, that's fine. Maybe I quibble. I just am trying to make the point of how awful it is. On Thursday night, the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills combined for 216 penalty yards, 24 penalties. Seven combined turnovers. Ed Hockley was the most visible person in the entire game. The two teams averaged 4.8 yards a play. Um, There was three touchdowns, all which came within 10 yards. There was no big plays that I cannot recall at all. But the Eagles beat the Buffalo Bills, and I guess we're not supposed to look at it as an entertainment product. We're supposed to look at it as, what, lab work? Yeah,
2: that's... For the lack of a better term, that probably works. <laughs> but it's it's as, it's as tedious as lab work. Oh, God, that that takes, That's for sure.
1: So what time did that game – I'll be honest with you, Ray. I left that thing at halftime. Okay. Went out and drank beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it went to
2: – For what it's worth, you didn't miss a whole lot.
1: Well, I, I watched it on TV from where I was. 10.45? Yeah. Three hours and 40 minutes it, and they're a, season? They're
2: endless. I mean, because there's a lot of stoppages. There's a lot of incomplete passes. Uh, and then there's penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. It's, it's pretty bad. It's, uh, it, it's, it's tough to watch, and never, everybody realizes that. Even the, commissioner, even the commissioner acknowledges that preseason football is a lousy product, and they're trying to figure out ways that they can uh, do something about it, like possibly reducing the four games to two, which I think probably is going to happen.
1: Well, the answer to that is this. Well, actually, before, here, I'll set it up this way. It appears to me, and tell me if you see it differently, that they play the entire preseason essentially to decide the last five positions on your 45-man roster.
2: That's pretty much it, yeah. right.
1: I mean, that's it. You know who your players are going to be, and you know you're not playing most of the good ones at all or at most a series or two. Used to be when Andy was the head coach – Game two, game three, the starters would play about a half. I suspect back in the day with Vermeil and the prehistoric days, maybe they even played more.
2: And that was back when they played six games.
1: Now, uh, they wanted to get Carson Wentz out after the second series. It just was so awful. They were three and out, three and out, that they just said, well, let's just try, try to keep the offense in for right. one extended play. Right. But but generally, they just take the starters out as quickly as they can, and you spend an entire evening watching Matt McGloin, which can, I can tell you, Ray, I'm currently watching Game of Thrones. Right, there are many torture scenes, including a guy who basically just got his pinky stripped off. Mm-hmm. Watching Matt Mcloin is worse torture. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it, it's tough. It's it's a tough watch. There's no doubt about that. I I always remember a story about when you're talking about preseason. Remember ever hear a guy named Norm Chow who was a a, a, yeah. a, a college. It was a very good college assistant coach. got yeah. hired. Jeff Fisher hired him to be his offensive coordinator in Tennessee. So Norm Chow had never been in the NFL. Norm Chow gets hired by the Titans. He's working with Jeff Fisher down in Tennessee. It's three days before—no, no—it's two days before they're getting ready to play their first preseason game. And Fisher's leaving, getting ready to leave the office. He looks down the hall and there's one light on. It's you know Norm Chow's office. So Fisher goes down. He sticks his head in and says, "What are you doing?" He says, well, "I'm putting a game plan in for the for the game this week." And Fisher says, "We don't game plan for preseason games." And Chow says. Why not? And Fisher says, well, these games don't count. And Norm Chow said, well, then why do we play them? <laughs> and, I thought, and I thought, you know, here's a guy who comes strictly out of college football. And in college football, they don't play preseason games. Right. In college football, they just tee it up and they start the regular season. They don't even deal with this. And it, it, would just, it just baffled him that we're going to play these games and we're not going to game plan for it. We're not going to care whether we win or lose. Well, why are we playing them? And I mean, it seems like when you first hear it, you kind of laugh because it's funny. But then the more you think about it, I mean, there's some merit to what he says.
1: There's a lot of merit to what he says. Chow ended up at USC, right? Yeah. He had a lot of success there. Yeah. Um, no, there's a lot of uh, importance in what he says because these games really are a waste of everybody's time. The fans are forced to pay for them. It cost them a lot of money. By the way, you know parking is 40 bucks down there this year? I saw that sign coming in. Really? Yeah. That was a stopper.
2: Forty bucks for like a regular car, not even like a van or something.
1: I think those are sixty.
2: Holy smoke! Uh, no, I didn't know that. I, you, I, was, I, wasn't it twenty?
1: I'm not sure what it was because I don't. You know, I didn't notice. And, and as members of the media, we get a parking pass. So, you know, we don't want to lord it over anybody. We're fortunate enough we don't have to pay. But when I pulled in the parking lot, I'm just there sitting in the line. I saw the sign. and said, "Cars forty dollars." I'm thinking it didn't used to be $40. Yeah, I Whatever used to, it was, it wasn't $40. Yeah,
2: no, I saw I remember seeing $40 on the sign, but I thought it was $40 that said I, like oversized vehicle or something like that. I
1: don't think so. I think those those are more. I believe. That's, you know, again, that's what I saw. Um just and we'll we'll talk about the game. We'll break it down, but just the, the Eagles are playing the or scrimmaging against the Dolphins all week this week, and right. then they play them on Thursday. Right. This is something that's become a little more popular in recent years. I know they've scrimmaged against teams forever, but scrimmaging against the team, then playing a preseason game against them. The Patriots, I am told, have done this every week this preseason. Yeah, they've done it every week. And then when they play the games, they literally play nobody who's going to be on the team. So it's an even bigger waste of fans' time and money. But you know what? If you scrimmage against, if the NFL sets it like, okay, here's what we'll do. This will be the norm. You'll scrimmage against a team. You'll play them once a week. We can certainly go from four to three. Maybe we can go from four to two. Mm-hmm. Is that the future?
2: I think so. I, I, I think it is. because, Partly because, well, largely because the, even the commissioner's office is acknowledging that this is a bad product and uh, we got to do something about it. And the Players Association is fine with it. Um, and I think the fans are fine with it. Uh, the TV networks are not terribly happy about it because you're taking away some advertising time. Unless you take, if you take away two preseason games and make them regular season games, well, then all of a sudden it becomes a bonanza for everybody.
1: That's what's going to happen eventually.
2: I kind of think right, that's, that's the writing head. on the
1: wall. And by the way, players' health be damned. Oh yeah, they don't because care. that's the trade-off. Right. The trade-off it, it works for everybody. Fans get more product. While I think 16 game schedule is good, and I don't need more football very few fans are going to complain about having more football. Right. Uh, the networks get more money. Uh, the players get more money. Um, the owners get more money. Everybody's going to like it. But the trade-off, of course, is that in a league that has made a lot of noise about player safety in the last couple of years, adding two more full contact games for your regulars, if a guy plays seven years, eight years, you're essentially adding an entire season to his career of banging his head.
2: It's true. And also the fact that in what is already a game of attrition, and you talk about the whole key to getting teams to the postseason is getting the teams there healthy. And the healthiest team, the team that doesn't suffer the most injuries, is a team with a huge advantage, and they're there at the end. Well, now by taking it 16 games to 18 games, you're making it harder to do that. Um, The union, the NFLPA, will probably make some noise about it initially on the basis of, quote-unquote, player safety. Uh, But then... Somebody will sit down and they'll hand them a number and they'll say, but look how much more money you're going to be making for Mm this. And the NFLPA will say, "Uh, okay.
1: And it'll it'll happen. And they'll let them carry more players, which means more jobs. Right. So they'll be happy with that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Enough about that. Thank you for indulging my rant. Let's talk about the game a little bit overall. And again, it is hard to judge anything because it's the preseason. What matters? What doesn't? What are they trying? Eagles' offensive line was a mess. Lane Johnson was at left tackle as Jason Peters was out. Uh, Barrett Brooks was out again. Brandon Brooks, excuse me. Barrett Brooks was in the studio somewhere. Uh, Brandon Brooks was was out again. So your offensive line was kind of not what you like. But, Ray, I mean, I'll just give you in, in one sentence my thoughts. Offense looked dreadful. Defense looked pretty good against a bad Bills team. You disagree with any of that premise? No. Okay. So we start with that. You want to start with the good news or the bad news? Oh, it's a pretty day. Why don't we start with the good news? Ronald Darby looked great against his old mates. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's all I got. I was hoping you'd expound on. Oh,
2: um, <laughs> no, he did. Uh, but uh, no great surprise. I mean, he's a, he's a good player, and he was playing against guys that he know he knows very well. Sure. I mean, for him it was for him it was almost a glorified seven on seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the same these are the same guys that he's been practicing against. So, yeah. I mean, he can. I mean he knows Taylor. I mean he you know he can read it and he did and he jumps the route and makes the pick, but I mean that's not just purely a result of that. I mean he's he's a good player and I think the fans will come to appreciate that the more they see this guy play. He's he's a legitimate front line NFL cornerback with really good speed and some big playability. And that's the Eagles desperately need it to get that before the start of the regular season and uh, you know, he'll, I mean, he'll get beat now and again, and he'll make a mistake now and again. But he's he's a legitimate front line NFL starting cornerback, and they didn't have one on the roster a couple of weeks ago, but now they do. And I think you know, Thursday night was just a glimpse of uh, of how much he's going to make that defense better.
1: Right. Don't want to overstate it. Again, he's playing against an old team that he knows so well, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I get well, the receiver on that one was Andy Bolden, Bolden, Bolden right. who only was been on the Bills for a couple of weeks. But regardless of that. Um, and he didn't play a whole lot, but boy, he just looked fluid out there. He he he, he can run. He looks athletic. Uh, as you said, he jumped the route. It was exciting to see. We didn't get a lot of that last year. We haven't had any of that in a couple of years, really, since Asante Samuel left. Uh, since we Asante, haven't had anybody who can play cornerback. No. Now it looks like at least they have one.
2: Yep. So, and that's and and that's where they had to go. And and the thing that I I that I like about the acquisition and everything is is his. His skills, his talents, are, are, are nicely aligned with what Jim Schwartz wants in his cornerbacks. It's not just that, it, not just that he's a good player and young and fast, but he's, he's a good man-press corner. He's a guy that can play that kind of coverage, which is something that Schwartz likes in his defense, but he couldn't really play it much last year because he didn't have the guys to play it. Well, now, with, with, with his acquisition... Uh, With Darby's acquisition, I think he now has a guy that can play the kind of coverages that Schwartz wants to play. And it was interesting on Thursday when I watched the game back because I was at the play, so I I had to watch it back later. Uh, But how much
1: you're so much smarter? You just fast forward through. Fast forward through
2: it made it it more watchable. I'll tell you that much. But um, Schwartz blitzed a a fair amount. Yeah, surprised me a little bit because he's not, as, as we've said before in the air, he's not a great blitzer normally. And less so in the preseason, but he did blitz some and and pretty effectively. So, yeah, I think that I thought the first team defense, the Buffalo offense isn't isn't terrific. Right. They got they got Shady McCoy and not much else.
1: It's, it's going to be a bad year for, for the Bills.
2: It's going to be uh, it's going to be a slog Again, for that a team, team that I has think. not
1: made the playoffs in this century.
2: But the Eagles defense, the Eagles defense played played well. I it's thought. Second
1: week in a row. Yeah. So for what it's worth, that was good to see. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. We'll get your calls in. We will talk a lot about that game and other aspects, all other kinds of things. From Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino, with Ray Dinger, I'm Glenn Macnow. 94 WIP. Hey, let me tell you about a new experience I had last week at the Turnersville Auto Mall. I've never been to a place with this many thousands of cars and trucks in one spot. I took a tour of the Auto Mall with my new friend Peter. He even took us for a test drive on their test track behind the Auto Mall. What a fun ride that was. The Turnersville Auto Mall turns the hassle of buying a vehicle into an experience you will enjoy. See what I'm talking about by experiencing the Turnersville Auto Mall difference for yourself. So when it comes to competition, the winner is clear. Turnersville Auto Mall. Nine brands in two convenient locations. Savings, selection, service, all there at Turnersville Auto Mall. Convenient from everywhere in the Delaware Valley. Hundreds of Acura, Audi, BMW, Cadillac, Chevrolet, Honda, Hyundai, Nissan, and Toyotas Pick an easy winner with South Jersey's largest new and pre-owned inventory, Turnersville Auto Mall, Route 42 in Turnersville, turnersvilleautomall.com.
3: Sports Radio 94, WIP 2020 Sports.
4: Hi, I'm Ed Benkin. The Phillies and Giants play again tonight at 9.05. You can hear tonight's game on 94 WIP. Coverage begins with leading off at 8 with Ruben Frank. It was a rough night in San Francisco for the Phillies and Zach Eflin last night as Pete McCann watched his pitcher get roughed up for 7 hits and 6 runs over 5 innings. Last
0: year he would, he had some real good games and he hasn't been able to uh, duplicate that so far this year. You know, it could be his, his new knees that he's got fixed and... Whatever the reason, uh, he had some arm issues earlier.
4: First pitch tonight is 9.05. Eagles have the day off. They get back to work tomorrow as they get set to face Miami on Thursday. Eagles will hold joint practices with the Dolphins this week in South Philadelphia. CBS 3, eyewitness weather, hot and humid today, a high of 90. Mostly clear tonight with a low of 69. It's 83 in Philadelphia. Get the story 20 minutes before and after every hour. For breaking news and scores, go to cbsphillysports.com and follow Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. 2020 Sports on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
1: Hey, right your Glenn Mack now, Delaware uh, Park Racetrack and Casino. Um, we are going to talk about the Eagles, uh, certainly the preseason game and where they're going and how it's looking so far and how it's looking for the other teams in the NFC East. Which to say the other teams in the NFC East Ray, not looking great in a lot of ways. Some injuries, some poor play. I, I don't feel the like Eagles have shown me anything this preseason that makes me think they're going to be special. Mm-hmm. But I think the rest of the division's looking a little bit, uh, a little bit ragged at the edges.
2: Well, we all know the problems with the Cowboys now, with uh, with what Zeke Elliott's staring at, possible six-game suspension, which would obviously impact them greatly. Um, you know, the New York Giants' uh, offense in, in their first game, now they're playing, they're not playing until Monday night. They're playing Monday night in Cleveland. Uh, but their first game against Pittsburgh was kind of what you would think. Their defense looked good, but their offense looked uh, really ragged. offensive mm-hmm. line, not good. Uh, running game, not good at all. Um, I I kind of think that that might be what the Giants are going to be this year. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be a good defensive team. I, I, I really think now I haven't really looked at all thirty two teams quantitatively to kind of make this, but I'm off the top of my head. Right now, I think the Giants might have the best secondary in football. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think their secondary is is really that good. Uh, and I think that that's legit, and I think that that's the strength of their defense, um, and I think defensively, last year, you saw how good they were. They gave up the fewest points in the league, and I think they're going to be good again. Um, offense, you know, that at Brandon Marshall, which will help. The kid Evan Ingram that they drafted uh, from Ole Miss, I think is really going to be a good player, and he's going to help them, but Offensively, they look a lot like they did last year. They can't. You need click, a line. They they can't protect the quarterback, and yeah. they can't. They can't run the ball yeah. at all. Yeah. And you know that was one of the things that their coach was saying. Oh, we're going to run the ball more. We understand that we have to run the ball more. You have to be more consistent. Well, they certainly weren't showing any of that in their first game. Um, and the Redskins. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, the Redskins to me are are really kind of a great unknown.
1: A lot of injuries already.
2: A lot of injuries,
1: and that that can. Destroy your team before things even begin.
2: Yeah. So if you're the, if, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, I mean, they, not that they have played lights out through two preseason games because they, they really haven't, but when you look at what's happening to the other teams in the division, you know, it makes you feel pretty good about where the Eagles are right now.
1: I agree. Let's talk to our friend Les and Ambler. You're on ninety four WIP. Les, what did you do last night?
3: What did I do last night? Oh, mm-hmm. not much, really. Uh, oh. No. Says here you nice. went to
1: see Tommy and me last night.
3: Oh, no, that was last week. Oh, last, Saturday. last week. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Like, you kind of threw me off there, Glenn. Uh, great play. I loved it. You know, and one thing about Ray that still boggles my mind is how he manages to be so objective. You know, to me, that was one, one of the key passages, one of the key moments in the play is little Ray talking to big Ray. <laughs> I haven't listened, to, haven't listened to Ray and followed him, you know, for years now. You know, that, that's what really sticks in my mind. So a good friend of mine from church, Randy Martin, took me down, and after the play I was telling him how there was this one game that the Eagles had lost a few years ago, and after the Eagles games I always turned to Comcast, you know, to see what he thinks, and Ray was livid. I could see smoke coming out of his ears. He was PO'd. <laughs> <T>. okay? <laughs> now, I, I can't remember what game that was, Ray, do you?
2: I don't know if it's the same one that we, that you're thinking of, but I remember being really angry, as angry as I've ever been yeah. on television. The final, yeah. the final, the final game of Andy Reid's tenure, when oh, they when they, when they went up to New England, uh, went up to New York and played the Giants, and everybody knew that Andy was going to be getting fired, and these guys knew that it was his last game as the coach. Uh, yeah. and they and they went out and they just and that was the, the most pathetic effort not the, it wasn't even an effort pathetic non-effort you could imagine i mean 42 to 7 by those guys knowing that this was going to be his last game as the eagles coach that, that would that i was really angered by that i just thought that was i thought that I'm, was inexcusable and unprofessional
3: and you know what watching you on tv i could see it and it made me feel good because I was just as T.O. as you were. You
2: know? Go <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you felt that way, Les.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's wonderful to see you like that every once in a while and not so objective.
2: You know? uh, uh, okay, Les. I will I will Thanks, keep Les. that I will keep that in mind this year.
3: I have told you this, and
1: I think this is true. That show, that post game show that you do. Um, and you do. I mean, you do with other guys, and, and they're right. they're all fine. And I've thought you know, I like Seth Joyner, I thought was a great addition. Yeah, Seth's that very show. good. Seth's real good. But I think there are tens of thousands of Eagles fans, if not more, who watch the Eagles game, think what they think, and then say. I'm going to put on that show at least for a couple segments because I want to see if Ray agrees with me. <laughs> you are the great litmus test for the entire Delaware Valley, the entire base of Eagles fans, because they'll watch the game and be like, that stinking coach, why didn't he run the ball? You know what I'm putting on Ray, mm-hmm. and they want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And the most important, other than the three hours of that game itself, more important than the coach's post-game news conference or anything Carson Wentz is going to say, or, or anybody, any other broadcaster, it's when the game ends and Barkan says, let's find out what Ray thought. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. I and, and all due respect, you don't have to sit through the entire five hours of that post-game show that Comcast Sportsnet puts on because... Sometimes God, it you, feels like oh, it. Oh, God forbid they end that thing before midnight. But that first segment, got to rush over and see Ray. Well, you also have to
2: rush over and... and Catch Michael screaming and hollering at the players as they walk off the field. That's, that's fine entertainment. That, that, that's always a highlight in and of itself. It's
1: good entertainment when it's better when they lose than when they win in that regard. When they win, Michael's, you know, praising the, the I was gonna say Michael Bartram. <laughs> John Doran boss, the long whatever, he'll just praise people. But when they lose, yes. Michael spits fire like a dragon. That's entertainment. You are the one that tells people you either validate to people what they think or you make them think differently. <laughs> I, I do hear that. Uh,
2: people do say that, uh, that they kind of have their own opinions, but they kind of want to see if, if my opinion lines up yes, with theirs. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: that's it. That's, that's the entire thing.
2: That's, that's a mighty responsibility. It is city. a big
1: responsibility. <laughs> hey, you know what else is a big responsibility? What's and that? you and I have not discussed this for one second. We're currently, we're entering late August. Season starts September 10th.
2: Oh, and I, I know where you're going with this.
1: We need to devise a stupid football bat for the year.
2: Yeah, we, we, really have kind of, we really have kind of let this go.
1: Have you done any thinking about it? No,
2: not until you just mentioned it. I've been a little, I, ca- I've been a little caught up in the theater, you know what I'm saying? I, I understand.
1: Excuse me, Mr. Auteur. Uh, here's the deal for those who let don't me, let know. Let me adjust my ascot. <laughs> <laughs> for the last, I, I know we've done it for more than a decade now. Uh, Ray Dinger and I annually make what we call our stupid football bet. It is a bet involving the Eagles. It always has to be an over-under on something. We try to make it something that really is not germane to their success. It has to be something. The more trivial, the better.
2: It's called the stupid football bet for a reason.
1: And we track it and follow it, and in the end, somebody pays off by buying dinner for the other guy. We usually throw in our producers as well. Um, we've had some great ones over the year. The number of 50-yard field goals Cody Parkey is going to hit. I won that one. The number of 60-yard punts Sav Rock is going to knock out. I kind of lost that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was that. That was kind of my favorite. I think
1: <laughs>
2: I enjoyed that mightily you hear the cackle? Oh, I, I just loved it. you hear it. the cackle? I just loved it. Because I, I loved the whole way it got set up. I loved the way a that. A smug there, right? Well, I, lo- no, I, I just loved the way I just kind of drew you in. I just I loved the way I kind of just drew you into that one. Because you were so, you were so, so over the moon about Savraka. And so mm-hmm. I could I could see this was going to be easy. So we're, just as soon as we started talking about the bed, I just sort of steered you towards Savraka and just let you go wild. Because I knew you were going to pick some kind of really totally unrealistic, unachievable goal for him. And I was just going to sit back and say, uh, uh, okay, we could do that. Meanwhile, inside, I'm thinking, are you out of your mind?
1: Pretty proud of yourself, huh?
2: Yeah, I really was. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was a great one. How, well, did you, how did you do on the Macklin bet? Not too good.
1: Okay. Not too good. All right.
2: Okay. I'm, still, I'm still living with that Clay Harbor drop. <laughs> Clay Harbor <laughs> could have won me the bet the last game of the season. It, it
1: was something like the bet was like 12 catches for yeah, his rookie year. It was minuscule. He had 11, or he might have had 10 going in. He caught one, and then it was – I think we probably had it at a half because it was win or lose. Go ahead. You finish the story. I'd, I'd enjoy hearing this.
2: <laughs> it was the final game of the season. I think everybody had the Cowboys at ease the, at the game. And all I need is for him to catch the ball, and I win the bet. It's, 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 right on the, it's right on the line. It's right on the line. If he makes one catch, I win the bet. <laughs> and, and he is so open i mean he is open like no one in the national football league has ever been open i mean 20 yards easy <laughs> and they throw him the ball hits him right in the chest and he drops it i mean he could have he could have caught it and walked into the end zone touched oh, yeah. it, it wouldn't have mattered if it was a touch matter. all
1: he had to do was just catch yes. catch the ball hold it and and, <laughs> and you're getting the steak dinner <laughs>
2: oh yeah oh uh, that, all right well we, bro- I, that, we pretty much I, broke I, Merle's numbers. Merle's call on it was great too yeah we
1: replayed it Merle's Merle's times. anguish call. K-
2: clay harbor oh clay harbor was so open <laughs> no listen I, I I was feeling your pain Merle I was right there with you
1: uh Merle didn't have to buy anybody a steak dinner
2: you know last year was the first time our bet ever finished in a tie
1: that's right. What was the bet last year? I forget what it was.
2: The bet was the touchdowns, former Eagles versus current Eagles. Oh,
1: that was such a great bet.
2: Well, it went right down to the wire, yes. and neither one of us won. That was,
1: it was, it was I had, uh, the, you had the former Eagles. It was McCoy and Deshaun Jackson. And, and Macklin. And Macklin, that's right, and I had a bunch of current Eagles. I didn't even remember who they were, but that's right. It <laughs> ended up like 25 to 25, Yep. and we had to split the dinner. Yep. Our producers made out well. The
2: producers have won but, that bet.
1: That was a good bet because it was back and forth, and it was exciting. It changed it, from week to week. Yeah, you could really follow it.
2: Yeah, it went into the final weekend, and it still went up in a tie.
1: You got any thoughts for this year?
2: No, All no. Right, start thinking. Okay.
1: Anybody gives us a good suggestion. If you give us one we use, we'll give you a prize. I have no idea. We're not going to include you in the dinner, but we'll give you a good <laughs> prize. I'm not that generous. Uh, we'll, we'll find something for the, for, the, for the winner.
2: Okay. All right. We also have to find a restaurant, too.
1: Oh, I think that'll happen. Okay. we got time for that. But start thinking about that, right? All right, let's uh, stick in a call here. Adam in Newark, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hello, Adam. Hey. I just want to make a suggestion
0: or comment on what I think about the NFL should do with the playoffs. Uh-huh. I think she, if they shorten the preseason to two weeks, they should add eight teams to each um, AFC and NFC conference and just have the playoffs be two weeks longer and you get more playoff football, which is... A lot better than some regular season football. Right, if team it becomes
1: it. the NBA where the playoffs stretch on for months. Hold on. Let, not let, in favor let, of let it. me consult the purist.
2: Not in favor of it. I think, the, I think the playoff structure the way it is now is just about right. I, I'm not in favor of changing it. I see what you're saying, that playoff football is better than regular season football, and you want to have more of it. I just think... I, I just think if you add more teams and you expand the playoffs, then you're going to water down the playoffs, and they're not going to be as good. So I, I kind of like, like where they are playoff-wise right now.
1: Here's what I do think is inevitable. When they shorten the season and add regular season games, they may not add weeks to the playoffs, but they'll add at least a team in each conference to the playoffs and have more teams have a first-round buy while other runners-up play the first week. That, I think, is going to happen. Jerry Jones is in favor of that. The Chiefs have been pushing for that for years. I think that's inevitable. I, I won't love that, but it won't destroy it. Adding week, I mean, the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs just go on endlessly. Endlessly. Football can't do that.
2: No. No, it can't. It, it certainly shouldn't. I, I hesitate to say can't because anything that means more money to these guys is desirable. Uh, in the best interest of the game... I certainly don't think it's the way to go, but this league is always trying to maximize the bottom line. And uh, anything that could make them more money and more postseason games could make them more money is always in the discussion. I think it would be a mistake. I think think the way it's set up right now, I think it's just about perfect. I I wouldn't add teams. I wouldn't add bye weeks. I I wouldn't do anything like that. I think I'd just keep it the way it is. But if you were to ask me right now, is it probably going to change? I'm with you. I think it probably will.
1: By the way, have you seen that the NH- NFL Players Association is already talking about going on strike at 2020? I didn't know that. Yes, they're already making noise about that, that this thing has to change so much. We think a strike is inevitable because, you know, that's worked so well for them in the past.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe they are to try it again, see if they can win one of these.
1: I was around in 83. I was around in 87. I well, remember the— Don't, yes.
2: even, don't even mention yeah. 87.
1: Well, we know how these things play out and usually not good for the players.
2: Please tell me we're not going to have a return to replacement football.
1: I think, uh, what's that guy's name? The guy was the quarterback for the Eagles in 87. Scott Tinsley. No, well, I was thinking Guido Merkins. Oh, Guido Merkins. Guido Merkins warming up in the bullpen as yeah. we speak.
2: If they, if they go back to replacement football... You know, they're going to empty out the NFL Network studios. Like, they won't have any studio shows because all those guys are going to be back playing again.
1: And now the Comcast Sportsnet post-net sh- uh, post-game show. <laughs> Ray Dinger, what did you think of Guido Merkins in that 46-7 to loss?
2: Please tell me we're never going to see that again.
1: 888-729-9494. Ray, Mike and Yardley's got an idea for our stupid football bet. We are going to have to give that some thought. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now, Delaware Park Racetrack and Casino. So the other night, my wife and I were uh, at the brewery, Contract and Brewing Company, out in Bridgeport, and I thought, you know what would make this night perfect? little ice cream, little Bassett's ice cream to finish off the night. And there it is, right across the street from the brewery, right there on DeKalb Street, right over the bridge from Norristown, the newest Bassett's ice cream partner, Frosty Falls, right there in Bridgeport. This place gets it, too. Owners John Remington and Andy Rosen know what's right because they serve Bassett's. It's a locally owned Philadelphia favorite, making summer sweeter and family memories brighter for over 150 years. Stop at Frosty Falls Ice Cream in Bridgeport. Share some smiles with family and friends because everyone smiles over Bassett's Ice Cream.
3: Sports Radio 94, WIP 2020 Sports.
4: I'm Ed Bankin. The Phillies and Giants play again tonight at 9.05. You can hear the game on 94 WIP. Coverage begins at leading off at 8 with Ruben Frank. Phils will try to bounce back after losing 10-2 last night. They're now 0-5 on their California trip. The Eagles are getting ready to get back to work tomorrow. They host Miami on Thursday in preseason action. The Eagles and Dolphins hold joint practices this week. I Carson Wentz is looking forward to. I'm
0: excited for them to come up. You know, I think... Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the week, just with training camp, you're going against your own team for so long. Um, Practices just get to be long, and um, you start to figure out each other a little bit. So it'll be good for us to finally get some different looks from, from Miami and to get them up here.
4: The Eagles' top players are expected to see more time on Thursday. CBS 3, eyewitness weather, hot and humid today, high of 90, mostly clear tonight with low 69. It's 84 in Philadelphia. Get the story 20 minutes before and after every hour. For breaking news and scores, go to cbsphillysports.com and follow Sports Radio WIP on Twitter.
3: 2020 Sports on Sports Radio 94
4: WIP.
1: With Ray Dinger, I'm Glenn Mack. Now Delaware Park racetrack and casino... Ray, if you're like me, you are all a Twitter for Monday's eclipse.
2: Uh, not so much. I know you are. Yeah.
1: Well, Ray, it comes, what, once every 37 years? Uh-huh. You've got to get excited about that. I suppose. <laughs> Could you be a wetter blanket, please? Well, don't go. I mean, you're, you're all whipped up about this. I am. Tom, well, we're, tomorrow, we're having Katie Fellinger, a uh, new weather, meteorologist extraordinaire mm-hmm. of CBS3, who's going to tell us how to watch the thing. Okay. I've been trying to get the special glasses that you can get so that you don't burn your eyes out looking at the sun. Yeah, make sure you get the right ones. I know, they're selling fraudulent ones. Right. I got a tip last night that a certain uh, eye doctor out on Lancaster Avenue had him. My wife called crack of dawn today and said, gone. 200 pairs, gone. Line, 10 minutes, gone. Hmm. I can't get these glasses. Okay. I want to watch this thing. I, I want to stare directly into the sun, Ray.
2: Oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> you go right ahead and do
1: that. What do you do? Are you planning
2: your money around it? No, I'm probably going to go to a movie. I'll probably be in a movie theater while it's happening. A couple of movies out there I want to see. I've fallen, I, I I've fallen way behind in my movie viewing here.
1: Well, that's great, right? And, you know, it's a long day. Mm-hmm. For whatever it is going to be, like a one hour or whatever it is from like 1230 to 132 o'clock, whatever, something that never occurs is going to occur. A, a, a wonder of nature, mm-hmm. a spectacular thing. Of the, of the of the celestial world is going to occur, mm-hmm. and you're going to be sitting there with popcorn, looking at a movie by yourself in a dark theater. Yeah, probably something like that. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. Well, I'll let you know.
2: But that's okay when you're you know while you're out there you know burning holes in your eyes at uh, one o'clock on Monday. Uh-huh. You know, tell me how that works out. Well, if I can get the glasses, I'll be great. <laughs> what if you get the wrong glasses? Then I'll burn my eyes out.
1: What can I tell you? Let's go to Mike and Yardley. You're on 94 WIP.
0: Good morning, gentlemen. Hello. I wasn't thinking I was going to call in, but the, one of my favorite annual things is the stupid football bet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a couple of points, and then I'll give you an, uh, an idea for what it should be. But the nice. first thing is is that you can't have a push. Last year's was so exciting, and then it's like anticlimactic because it turned into a soccer match. Nil nil. Well it wasn't a know, soccer
1: match. Well, except that except it wasn't nil nil. It was exciting <laughs> right. because I was up by two and then Ray caught up and then yeah. and Sean McCoy had a big one. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah it then it ended great. up whatever, twenty eight, twenty eight was a little disappointing, but the Right. Yeah. Okay So
0: what you need to make sure that whatever it is it can't end in a tie. So it can't be a push. One has to be over and under. Or however that works out. But the other thing is is I really feel a little bit ashamed encouraging you, Glenn. Yeah. Because and this is like a gambler who needs not to go back to the table. And you heard Ray's evil twin, Roy, on his shoulder that got him to cackle when he started to talk
1: about hey, it. I heard that, didn't you?
0: Yeah. And and last year I was thinking, oh, you're going to get killed, Glenn. And then you did something I couldn't believe. It's kind of like a Adubo Herrera hitting a home run with a ball that's blown inside and off the dirt. You got him to agree to special teams touchdowns, and if Darren Sproles hadn't scored a special teams touchdown for you last year, you would have lost that
1: bet. I I was proud of that. You notice I did not cackle, but I was proud. (laughs) Well, you could have cackled,
0: but I I, I fear that when you get into this negotiation with
1: Ray, it isn't really with Ray, it's with Roy. Oh, you do see. Yes, right, right. and thank you. Everybody th- oh, this
2: Ray's- guy spends an
1: awful lot of time thinking about no, this, more but than he's- we do. I no, he's right, though, because they're like, oh, raise the nicest guy, raise the easiest going guy. When it gets down to the nitty gritty in these bets, right, and we've got to pick the final number, mm-hmm. and you're kind of seeing Del Frisco's at the end of the road, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get real tough. You get stubborn. No, you I don't. Stay, oh, I baby. just
2: I just try to make it a level playing field.
1: That's all. By the way, can I tell you who I'm not betting on this year? Speaking of special teams, <laughs> <laughs>
2: who? That kicker. Oh, you don't. <laughs> the sturgeon, as Governor I, Rendell
1: calls him. I don't trust this guy even a little bit.
2: Well, you heard the coach. They asked the coach if he had, if he had any concerns about him. the coach said absolutely not. Yeah. The coach is the coach is all in. No on the sturgeon
1: no he's um he's like the other guy they had a couple of years ago before Oh no no not alex henry yes he's alex henry i don't trust him in an important uh position and i think they're going to be well, in the some league big field games goals this year. year i whoop de do of course they were all
2: like 18 yards because this team couldn't score in the red zone but <laughs> that's true well, that's a minor point
1: <laughs> yes that's exactly right i i don't trust this guy i'm not betting on this guy I'd more likely bet that he's not here at the end of the season than I would bet that he's going to hit a certain number of field goals. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. Come on.
2: You you love kickers. You love yes. you love bets involving I, kickers. I do. Okay.
1: I don't trust this guy a little bit. Not a little bit. Oh. You?
2: More than you do, I think. Mm. Okay. So the coach, the coach is ringing – Endorsement of him the other day didn't uh, you, didn't carry any weight with you.
1: No, and I understand he was working with a different holder. It's not his usual holder. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I've seen him miss enough forty-two yarders in a league where guys are ninety percent plus from forty-five yards plus. They are now. Yes, he doesn't do that. Okay. I don't trust him.
2: Okay, so he's not so he's not going to factor into your bet, huh?
1: No. Okay. All right. Unless you want to, unless you want to bet on him. No, no way. <laughs> like I said, I I like them. How many I, field I, goals did he hit last year? I think he had thirty-five. I'll give you thirty-five right now as an over/under. I'll take the under. Well,
2: you know, I would probably I would probably not do that because I do think they're going to be better in the red zone. I think they're going to some of those red zone possessions are going to turn into touchdowns rather than field
1: goal opportunities. Okay. At least I'm hoping so. You don't see me often bet against the kicker. No, rarely. Uh, in a heartbeat uh let's get to Mike in Sellersville. Mike, you're on 94, WIP. W- Morning, guys. How Hello, Mike.
0: Uh, first, always enjoy the show. I Thank have you. a question, and then I have a, a stupid bet for you. hmm uh, my, my question to both of you is this. I don't really think a whole lot of out of preseason. That being said, the line play, both oh. offense and defense, I always do. And uh, I, I'm – really worried about the offensive line mostly because they're getting beat off the ball and half a second after the play the line of scrimmage has been reestablished one yard to the negative uh, what
1: is your thoughts on this i would agree with you if you had your offensive line but two of your starters weren't playing and lane johnson was playing left tackle and while i used to be the kind of person who would say like right tackle left tackle come on it's tackle no
2: it's a big difference
1: clearly it's it's like trying to bat left-handed if you're a right-handed hitter. Mm-hmm. No,
2: definitely. Yeah, it's so, But but your so point next week. Yeah, well, they got to be better next week. Um the the offense got to be better next week. I mean, next, next week is it's a preseason game, but it's an important game because they have to establish some things offensively. Um they got to get better. And and I, and I know Doug Peterson in his meetings with the coaching staff and the players is probably saying that. You know, look guys, it's a preseason game. But we've got to be better. we got to be sharper. We've got to be better on offense this week. This is an important week. I mean, it's an important week of scrimmaging against the Dolphins. We've got to come out, and we've really got to establish something on Thursday night. We can't just go half-stepping through this last game and going three and out with our first-team offense. Since we're not going to play anybody against the Jets, This team's got to be ready to play. I mean, Week One is a big game for them. That game down in Washington is a big game for them, and they got a lot of work and they got a lot of new players that they got to incorporate in that offense, and they got a lot of stuff they got to pull together, and they don't have a whole lot of time to do it. So this is a very, very important week. And yeah, I mean, what I came away from Thursday night was, yeah, the offensive line was really bad, and they and they and they weren't very good in Green Bay either. I mean, they got they got to pick it up, and I know they have a couple different guys in there, and I know Johns was out of position and all that, but. You know, still you're losing one-on-one matchups, and Doug saying, "Well, you know, we're not game planning, we're not game." Well, guess what? The Bills' defense wasn't game planning either. Okay, but they were just beating you one-on-one, and you can't let that continue.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Here's my um, here's my stupid bet for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, In essence, who who has the better record in their division, Uh, Doug or Andy? And as a tiebreaker, use all the other things, like if you were trying to determine who goes in the playoffs like
4: head-to-head in
1: conference and all that. Interesting. Not a horrible idea who wins more games within his division. But then it's only six games, and there's a lot of weeks where we have no action. That's the problem with a bet like that. Right. There's not enough to bet on. And if they each go through, there's a very high chance for a push. Yeah. Not a bad thought, though. It's not a bad thought. I'm, I'm going to write it down and see if there's something we can explore with that. It's not a bad thought. Eight 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 seven two nine nine.